glad you've joined us again today. Thank all the team for all their hard work making this possible. Uh, our team has done so incredible all through 2020. Um, when we had to go online only, we had to go into the, the parking lot, and then even the past uh, several weeks uh, making this happen. Thank you so much, and thank you again for joining us. I started a series last week called My House. We're talking about the house of God and about how God wants his house to look and how he wants it to feel, how he wants it to operate. We read uh, two passages, uh, both really telling the same story, but Matthew and Mark, from their uh, varied uh, perspectives, uh, Matthew says this in Matthew 21, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house would be called a house of prayer, but you're making a den of robbers. Mark said it like this in Mark 11. And as he taught them, he said, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. We talked a lot more about that whole passage. My house would be called a house of prayer for all nations last week. And if you weren't able to join us, I would encourage you to go back and watch that. It'll, it'll help make uh, today make a little bit more sense. Jer uh, Jesus is quoting two Old Testament scriptures when he's saying that he's quoting Jeremiah 7, which we read last week. But he's also quoting Isaiah 56. Uh, we read Jeremiah last week. Let's read Isaiah today. Isaiah 56 and verse number three. Before we read it, you'll find that Isaiah is speaking of two types of people that were excluded from the house of God. The foreigners, this would be anyone that was not of, of Jewish descent, and the eunuchs. This would be any man that had been castrated. And all the men just say, Ow. Isaiah 56 and 3, don't let the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, the Lord will never let me be part of his people. I love this. The Lord is saying, don't let the foreigners who have committed themselves to the Lord even say this. The Lord will never let me be part of his people. And don't let the eunuchs say, I am a dried up tree with no children and no future. I love that. Don't you love that about our God? That he wasn't just going after his chosen people, but he wanted to make sure that his house was open to everyone. Let's talk about the foreigners for just a moment. So a foreigner today would be someone that would enter our church and they wouldn't know our customs. They wouldn't know our ways, how we do it or why we do it or even what we do. So they don't understand. Many of you have visited a church before. Maybe you're an unbeliever. Maybe you weren't raised around church or maybe you were raised in, a, in another type of denomination and then you go to a church and don't you feel like a foreigner? Like, I don't know what y'all are doing. Why are y'all standing now and you're sitting down? You know, what, what's going on here? What happens when the, when the pastor says, I'm about to close? That means nothing at all. That's what you find out real fast. These things. And so that's why at the Hills, we really try to make our worship services really conducive for new people. Because we want to make sure that nobody feels like a foreigner when they come into God's house. A foreigner is, is someone that not only do not know your customs, they don't know your culture. They don't know the language. You know, the, the Christianese stuff that we say. And, and so we try our best to do what we can uh, to break down some of those barriers, whether it be a 
fresh uh, cup of stay golden coffee or whether it's Hills Blend, by the way, or whether it be a, 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 a person bringing you into the parking lot. And I just want to continually remind us as we get ready to enter into our very first venue as a church that we remember what God wants in his house. And he wants to make sure that we're always thinking about other people. We say it all the time. It's about him and it's about them. Because you're going to have people that show up every Sunday. They don't know our language. They don't fit in. Maybe they're unbelievers or maybe they're new believers or maybe they come from a, a different religious background. Well, I want you and I to be the type of people that are hosting them into the house of God. I can't wait until our church is full of people that are not like us. That's when God's house becomes God's house. When you look around and outside of that worship service, you would never hang out with those people. You don't believe, you don't believe with each other politically. You don't believe with each other, maybe even theological. You live on different sides of town. You're a different color. You're a different size. Whatever it is, you're a different age. That's when God says, now, this is what I want my house to look like. So much so that we feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's what I want. When we first started the hills, I would always say, get comfortable with being slightly uncomfortable. That's when you know it's God's house. When you look around and there's a lot of people that don't necessarily look or act like you. You see, church can never become about us, about our comfort. It has to be about him. It's his house and it has to be about who he wants to be in his house. And that's us, but it's also them. The church must never become exclusive. That is the epitome of religion. And Jesus does not like religion. I'll tell you right now, if the house of God ever becomes exclusive, it will not be his house anymore. James said, you better not treat the rich better than you do the poor. Nor should we treat the poor better than the rich. Nor the religious better or worse than the non-religious. Are the non-religious better or worse than, than the religious? We've said for years that God has called the hills to be a junction. And what that means is heaven and earth coming together and left and right coming together and black and white coming together and Hispanic and Asian coming together. And I'm leaving all kind of people out. But this is what we want to see. Pentecostals and Presbyterians and Catholics and Charismatics all coming together, worshiping God. This is a house for all nations. So what Jesus is really saying to the Jewish people is, you're not the only one that gets a home. They get a home too. Look at Isaiah 56 and verse six. This is, I love this passage. It blessed me when I read it this week. He said, I will also bless the foreigners. Remember, he's, he said, don't let them get an attitude that they don't belong. The foreigners and the eunuchs, don't let them get an attitude that says I can never come in God's house. And then look, what he look, look how he follows it up. He said, I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and hold fast to my covenant. Watch this. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, the house of God and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifice because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. We read this last week, but I want to read it again, or maybe two weeks ago, I want to read it again because it's going to remind us that we also at one point were foreigners. First Peter 2 
You're a chosen people. Aren't you glad you're a chosen people? We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Aren't you thankful for that? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10, once you were not a people. We need to remember when we get exclusive or we start thinking about somebody sitting in your seat. That's my seat. Right there. Don't get on my seat. Second row, right side. How dare you sit in my seat? You took my parking place. Your kids are different than my kids. Just keep going down the line. As soon as we start getting that attitude, I, I don't, an attitude that we're not serving people and caring for people and loving people. Remember, you were once a foreigner yourself. There was a time that I was not a people, but now, he says, you are the people of God. So what God was saying is, let the foreigners come. I'm going to give them a home as well. I pray that we will always be a church that is open to the outsiders, open to the outlaws, and maybe even your in-laws. Some some of y'all are like, bring on the outlaws, just don't let my in-laws come to this church, Lord. (laughs) The next, the next type of person he talked about were the eunuchs. And the eunuchs were those that uh, they were excluded as well. Uh, you know, Leviticus tells us that they were denied participation in the temple rituals. Even if they were Jewish, they could not have full participation in the temple rituals. Most of the eunuchs were slaves. And most of them had been castrated so that they could guard and care for the women without fear of them taking advantage of the women. It was a brutal thing. And also a eunuch, of course, was, was not productive. And I think about that, folks, that today, that you may not be a physical eunuch, but you wonder what you really have to offer. You wonder really how, how productive you are, how fruitful you are. Maybe you just feel you're too old. Maybe you've made too many mistakes. Uh, maybe you've been hurt, you know. It, it's an injury. I've, I've been hurt and, and relationships have hurt me. Religion has hurt me. And I just want to remind you that God has a place for you. And all it's going to take is for you to get planted in God's house. Because he says, those who are planted in God's house shall flourish. And the Bible tells us that even when dry time time comes, they're still going to flourish. I want to encourage you, if you feel hurt, if you feel that you're not productive, get planted in God's house. There is a place for you. So Jesus was saying, quoting Isaiah, let the foreigners come, let the eunuchs come. And I love what he says in Isaiah 4 and 5. I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath holy days, Sabbath days holy, and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. Listen to this. Oh, I love this. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. Wow. I just want to talk to those of you that right now that want children. And you feel like that's going to be your legacy. Jesus said, or God said here, I'm going to give them a memorial, a legacy. And I'm going to give them a name far greater than sons and daughters could ever give them. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. For those of you that have struggled having children, and we pray with you, and we're believing with you. But I want you to look beyond that. God wants to give you a name that's even greater than anything that you could ever produce in yourself. He said, I'm going to give you a name better than sons and daughters could ever give them. I can't imagine that because all I can think about is my boys. But you know what? In God's house, God has something greater for me than even the legacy of my sons. Won't you grab hold of that today? The house of God. 
You know, I believe Jesus would say this to us. I know you have an idea of what church is supposed to be, but here's my vision for my house. And that is that everyone is welcome. And so back to our text from last week and back to our text from this week, Jesus comes into the temple. He turns over tables and he, he looses dust. Can you imagine the chaos? First of all, can you imagine if you were the one that invited Jesus to church? That would have been bad. And he just, I'm the guy that invited him. And he just tears the whole place up, destroys it. And he said, my temple, uh, uh, Matthew uh, 21, 13 and 14, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. So in other words, he made a statement. He declared what his house was supposed to be. And look at the very next verse. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. You see, once his house looked like his house, that's when healing happened. We have to always make sure that we're making his house look and feel like his house. And the same thing for your home. You want healing to happen in your home? Why don't you do everything you can to make sure that your home looks and feels like his house? You see, not only did healing happen after it looked like his house, but there's something else there. The blind and the lame were not allowed to come into the temple. They weren't allowed to be in the temple. They had to sit at the gates. That's why you find the lame man uh, that the apostles raised up sitting at the gates of the temple because he wasn't allowed to come in. But don't you love the fact that after Jesus does what he does, nobody was excluded? You see, he wants those that could not enter because of an issue to be able to enter and to be healed of the issue that kept them from entering in the first place. So you got something that you feel like won't allow you into the house of God? God wants you to come to the house of God and be healed of the very thing that kept you from coming to the house of God. Unforgiveness, bitterness, shame, fear. What is it? Come on, come see us. Come see us, get involved, get connected and watch the healing that happens in your life. Look, I'm not just saying this, I've lived it. I believe this. I've been hurt by church. I've been hurt by people. I've been hurt by relationships. I should never walk into a church again because of the things that I've seen go down. But you know what? I just keep showing up because I believe what I'm telling you today. Now, I do want to say this to you, and this is important. As I say many times, I want you to lean in and listen. God wants you to come to his house just the way you are, but you're not supposed to stay the way you are. He doesn't want you to stay sick. When the blind and the lame came, they were healed. And I find a lot of times people show up to the house of God, but they stay the way they were. God doesn't want you staying sick. God doesn't want you staying sinful. He wants you to live in blessing. And do you know what brings blessing? Obedience. Obedience is what brings. So let me talk to those of you that are attending the house of God, but you're not seeing a a lot of growth in your life. You're not seeing God wants you to grow. He wants you to be healed. And that comes out of obedience to his word. Back to Isaiah 56. He says, for this is what the Lord says. I will bless those eunuchs who what? Keep my Sabbath days holy, choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, serve me, love my name, worship me, and do not desecrate the Sabbath, and hold fast to my covenant. Here's what I would say about the house of God. All are welcome, but he expects us to obey his commandments. So I want to preach a little grace and truth today. Grace 
Everybody's welcome. Truth, God wants you and I to do what he's asked us to do. Can I get an amen from the audience today? And the reason he wants us to do what he's asked us to do is because he wants to bless us. And he cannot bless us if we're not walking in obedience. He wants us to be free and he wants us to be whole. As a young man that I've known for a while and and he had never come to our church and one day he told me, he said, you know, I want to come to your church, but the only reason I won't come to your church is because I don't feel like, I don't want to feel like a project. And I said, well, that's a problem because we're all a project. Everybody that shows up is a project. You see, his ways are the best ways. And he wants us to follow in his ways. And by being obedient, then we will be blessed. I think some people forget that the Christian life is about growing. It's about getting stronger. It's about getting more free. It's about getting more healed. When you come to the Lord and you give your life to him, he is able and just and faithful to forgive you and save you. But that's not where he wants to leave you. He loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. So those of you that have been a part of church, but you're not seeing growth in your life. If you did a spiritual evaluation of your life, have you grown from last year? Are you stronger? Are you more free? Do you have more fruit in your life? If not, God wants you to recommit your life to him. You see, whosoever will may come, but it's his children who have full access and authority in his house. And if you're here, he wants you to be family. He doesn't just want you to visit his house. He wants you to come and live here. Let me close with John 8 and 34. Jesus replied. Remember when a preacher says they're closing, it means nothing. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin, but a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. Jesus doesn't, just want a house for you to drop by and be a guest every once in a while. He wants you to be a part of the family, an obedient son and daughter to the father, where you begin to see things flourish in your life and the blessings of God and the freedom of God in your life. You see, God's heart for his house is that it would be a place of prayer for all people and that those people would continue to be healed and set free. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Maybe you're one of those that feel excluded. Maybe you feel like a foreigner or, or a eunuch. Maybe you feel like you've been, you've been on the outside of it. Just come close. Come close. How, how do I do that? Jump on a serve team. There's nothing you, there's no greater way than joining a team. Just joining a team, diving in, helping, engaging in the worship, and, and, engaging in, in, in Hills groups and being a part of that. See, all these things that we do, it would be a lot easier for us if we just, you know, sang and preached. It'd be a lot easier. I mean, it really would. That's hard, but it'd be a lot easier. The reason we offer groups and teams and all this kind of stuff is because it is a way for you to be active in God's house. Maybe you're one of those that feel like you need to be a little more welcoming. Maybe you have been a little exclusive And I pray that God breaks your heart for what breaks his. That you have a heart for those that are out there that have never experienced the freedom that we have. And maybe today you're one of those that needs to be free. You need to be healed. You need to be whole. And that starts by being obedient. Is there there sin in your life? Is there unforgiveness in your life? I want to encourage you today. Just ask God to forgive you. Close your eyes. I want to pray for you. Lord, I, 
I thank you for this, this day. And I'm praying right now, Lord, that whatever situation, that those that are here in the, in the, in the audience and those, God, that are, that are watching uh, there, I just pray, God, whatever situation is, if they're the ones that have been excluded or they're the ones that has, has excluded or they feel like there's something in their heart that's keeping them from you, that, God, whatever it is, that we would all lay it down. Forgive us when we're prideful. Forgive us when we're, when we're ignorant, when we don't do what we know that you've called us to do. And I believe right now, Lord, I'm speaking to some folks that you have told them some steps that they need to take, but they haven't taken it, either out of pride or out of fear. Look at me. I want you to look. I'm, open your eyes and look at me. This is important. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. There, there are some people right now that are listening to me that God has clearly told you something that you need to stop doing or something that you need to be doing and you haven't done it. You've put it off for weeks, months, maybe in a year. And God's talking to you right now. He, want, he wants you obeying him. God can never tell you what to do next if you don't do what he's told you to do now. That's what God's speaking to you now. I want to encourage you, take that step. If God's spoken to you about doing it, do it. That's nothing to do with the message. I just felt that for someone. If that was you, would you please send us an email? Let us know. Info at the Hills Nashville. I, I'd love to, not Nashville.com. I'd love to pray with you. And, and we want to help you walk through this. Thank you for joining us today. How about those of you that have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and you want to make that decision today? We end every service with this, giving folks an opportunity to receive the grace and the Holy Spirit of God. And so I want to do that. And it's really a, a very simple. It's not easy. It was hard for Jesus, but it's simple for us. He says, if you'll believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. If you've maybe been a believer, but you want to recommit your life today, why don't you join with us? Those of you here in the audience and people all over the nation and around the world are going to be praying this prayer together. Come on, let's pray it. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I receive it. Today I confess that I am not my own, that I am not good enough. I need you. You have paid the price for me. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your grace. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I want to live with you forever and ever, beginning right now by walking in obedience and living in abundance. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We celebrate with you today. Those of you that prayed that prayer, we mean it. We mean it.